Save big money now on new siding from LP Smart Side at Menards. Update and beautify your home with your choice of 13 timeless colors of pre-finished engineered siding. It's durable and includes a Sherwin-Williams factory finish paint warranty. That means no painting for years to come. View our entire selection of siding from LP Smart Side today. And don't forget to check out our flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at Menards. Good morning, Bill. Good morning. Good morning, sir. Hey, um, on that uh, vinegar orange oil blend for yes. killing weeds. Yes, yes. Howard and you were talking about adding a fatty acid to that at one time. And we ring a bell. It does ring a bell, and uh, there are actually some fatty acid-based weed killers. And in all honesty, we just haven't found them to be real necessary. If uh, I'd rather see you go a little bit stronger on the vinegar, if uh, if you want a quicker, little bit more thorough kill, go to the twenty percent vinegar instead of the nine percent pickling vinegar. And I've just not really found it necessary to add anything else to it. Well, it's my question I'm about. I've been using glacial acetic for years okay. and cutting it back, and it's beautifully. And, and, and I've added some fatty acid to that blend, and it does uh, really well, particularly on the Russian thistle. Okay. I'm up here northwest, or northeast of Fredericksburg, and I was just curious. I'm about out of glacial acetic. I was wondering if. <laughs> If the um, fatty acid was an addition to or a substitute for? Well, you know, that's a real good question. I guess uh, the thing, what, what sort of fatty acid are you using? What's, what's your source on that? Actually, it's on Laic. It's called tall oil. I've mm-hmm. had it using in, uh, it's a derivative of pine. Okay. And I, I used to use that when I was in the chemical business. So I still have some left. Okay. Well, what you might do is, you know, go to uh, a little less strong acetic acid and see if you still get the same results. I think, you know, this is this is an area, since we're doing it naturally, you can uh, do a little experimenting and see, and see if you can cut back on the concentration of the vinegar by adding um, your fatty acids to it. And uh, the, the nice thing about this stuff, it doesn't take very long to find out whether it's working or not, because it's so not. almost no. instantaneous. And I'd be very interested in uh, in hearing your results. I have not tried adding the fatty acids because uh, uh, I don't fight. I fight. I don't have that many of the Russian thistles, and I just use a grubbing hoe and cut them off at about an inch below ground level. I'm yeah. spraying mainly the kind of weeds that come up in the garden, the henbit, the dandelions, the you know that sort of thing. So I've I've not really gone after anything as tough as the Russian thistles and some of those things. So uh, I'd be very interested to hear back from you as to what your what your results are. How how strong if you if you have access to glacial acetic acid? How strong do you actually use it when you're making your weed killer? I was cutting it back about one to seven with water. Okay. So that's that would be about uh, how long was that fifteen percent? About fifteen percent so. is what I was going to say. Yeah. yeah. And it's been working great for me. I've loved it. Um, may I ask another question? Go right ahead. My asparagus is coming up. It's a really kind of spindly mm-hmm. and really thin little shoots. Is that normal for early in the season? It's normal. I you know I think it's at least partly the result of such a uh, such a dry winter as we have had. How often have you been watering your asparagus bed through the winter months? Oh, at least weekly. Okay, I you know I. 
I would say, and I wish I had done it, I haven't done it as often, but I'm having some of the same results. And looking at how dry the soil is, I'm thinking, hey, maybe you should have watered it twice a week because the plants, we'll see as it warms up a little bit and they start growing more, the plants to me just don't, or they just aren't quite as vigorous as they normally are for me. And they're much later really getting started with producing. I'm I'm used to starting to pick asparagus by the end of January, and it has been very slow this year. And uh, okay. but by the same token, this is the third month. You know, we we had some rain early in January, but all of February we totaled less than an inch. All of uh, uh, all of March we've totaled less than an inch. The soil's just drier than a lot of people realize. And I think I'd, I certainly did not water my asparagus or my blackberries as much as I probably should have because I just had so much else going on and didn't pay that much attention to it. I would go ahead and fertilize. Um, I probably would step up your watering now that they're starting to come out. And uh, yeah, it absolutely. may just be a year. I mean, the little, the thinner stems, a lot of people prefer those, and they are certainly tasty and well, good. They're great. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just not just quite different. as much bulk. Exactly. So that'll do it for me. I appreciate it very much. Well, keep me. Let me know what you decide on uh, the different blends for weed killing. I look forward to hearing back from you. I'll do it. I'll, I, I will promise. Bye bye. All right. Thank you, Bill. <laughs> okay. We talk to Martha next, and then it'll be Faye. Good morning, Martha. Good morning. Good morning. Okay. Praise the Lord. Our fruit trees are doing great. But I have a question about our peaches. Okay. Um, about half of them on many of the trees are double. What causes that? That is a little abnormality that I don't know that anyone has ever <laughs> fully explained. It's, um, I don't know whether it's, and, and this is not something that happens, well, it doesn't happen every year to every variety. It's not at all unusual to have you know, one here, one there on the trees, but to have a whole bunch of them doing that, I, you've got me. I, I'll, I'll make a note to ask Howard at eight o'clock, but, uh, I have to say nobody's ever asked that before. And I'm going to have to go talk to, uh, you know, somebody who knows more about peaches than I do to get an answer to that. It's, uh, it's just, it's an oddity and I have no idea what causes it. Okay, so I'm starting to thin my peaches. Mm-hmm. Um, we have plums. Okay. Plums for the first time. Do I thin them also? And if so, how? Um, it is, it, it, you know, by thinning any fruit, uh, mm-hmm. the ones that are left behind are going to be bigger. And it's, I don't really feel like it's necessary. And, and you mean by actually thinning out the numbers of fruit, not, not thinning the, the thinning of the tree no, should have the, taken the place fruit. some time ago. Um, right. if, if you would rather have fewer, larger fruit, then yes, you go through and just hand pick out, uh, you know, a, a portion, 30% to 50% of the little plums when they're marble sized. Um, mm-hmm. the problem is that if Mother Nature then happens to hit us with a few hailstorms or, uh, yeah. you know, maybe an extra large crop of possums or raccoons that decide to visit the garden, you may wish that you had more fruit on the tree because of the damage done to the ones that were left. So, um, it's, you know, it's, it's just a flip a coin. It's it, I, what I, I told somebody one time that agriculture, it was just legalized gambling. And his yeah. response was with worse odds. So 
I, you know, you, I wouldn't thin significantly, but if you want to, what I would do is probably go through and look at the individual limbs. And if I see one limb that is just overloaded with fruit, I would thin that right. one. The next limb that doesn't have as much fruit on it, I probably wouldn't touch it. But uh, I, I just would be very selective in where I did my thinning, uh, just to make it a little easier on the tree, if nothing else. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I heard and saw a commercial for miracle Grove stuff that was organic. So maybe we're beginning to convert them. Boy, wouldn't that be something. I We're going to have to wait and see. I, I have heard some of this, and I, I've got to go back and look and see what all they are using. The way the USDA's standards for organic have been bastardized yeah. over the years uh, there's some things out there they're calling organic that I'm not sure should be, and I'm not sure what else Miracle Grow may be putting in there or not putting in there. But um, at least we've gotten their attention, so I guess they're uh, they're they're trying to come across as a little more uh, conscious and friendly about such things. But let's see long term how it plays out. Yeah, well, it's probably the demand that's doing it, and not the their conscience <laughs> uh, it's the almighty dollar is what you're speaking of and i'm going to go right on supporting uh medina and espoma oh, sure. and the companies sure. that have been doing it right all along and uh, but i was just pleased that they were leaning that way i i am with you 100 percent, and we'll uh We'll, we'll start to believe when uh, there's an old Tom T. Hall song about that somehow. I started to believe I will watch and see what they do with their other products to see how much of a commitment they're actually making. <laughs> yes. Um, my, I have a box of flowers with pansies and elysiums. Mm-hmm. My pansies are beginning to go. Um, the elysiums, can I can't just leave them there, or are they going to quickly too no they're probably going to make it into early to midsummer the one thing i would do on the alyssum is watch it carefully for a little caterpillar there's an itty bitty green caterpillar about a fourth of an inch long so small you hardly see them that can just start devastating the flowers this is normally about the time of year it shows up so be vigilant for that i've seen years when alyssum went almost all summer so enjoy it while it lasts enjoy the fragrance and I'd say you've probably got another couple of months on the alyssum. The pansies, okay. you know, we're going to chill down significantly this week. So well, maybe uh, that'll perk them up. Fertilize them, uh, give them a little extra liquid, something other than Miracle Grow. Give them a little liquid of some sort, and uh, and I think we're going to coax a little bit more time out of them. It's certainly too early to plant periwinkles and lots of the other things that we might oh, yeah. be tempted to replace our pansies with. So let's see if we can't get a little more time out of them. Okay, and I planted some asparagus seeds because I had them. Okay. <laughs> and they came up. Uh-huh. And so how big do these get before I transfer them out of the little empty pot that I had that I threw the seeds in? Is this uh, asparagus spring rye or one of the edible asparaguses? I have no idea what it was. It just said asparagus on the package, and I just thought, I'll oh, give it a try. And did you you put several seeds in uh, in one pot? 
Yes. And now you're thinking about thinning them out. I would wait until they oh, yeah, have. I think that that's, I'm, I'm just thinking that sometime I'm going to have to transfer them from the pot. Oh, yes, you are. And you're going to have to split them up because they probably are edible asparagus. And you'll eventually yeah. want to wind up with those in the garden 12 to 18 inches apart. So I'd let them get about two or three fronds. And then I would uh, take the whole ball out of the pot, probably use a hose to wash away most of the soil around it, and then very gently sort of separate the roots. You don't want to let them get too far because, as you well know, asparagus develops quite an extensive root system. And so by the time they've got a maybe three little uh, growths coming up out of the top, I think they're strong enough to go ahead and do your dividing and move them into individual pots or plant them in the ground, whatever you want to do at that point. Okay, thank you ever so much, and have a great weekend. Well, you too. It's always a pleasure to visit with you early on a Saturday morning, Martha. Have a great day. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, going to talk to Faye, and then it'll be Ed, and then I have another caller down there on line number four. Good morning, Faye. Good morning, Bob. Good, Good morning. morning. Good. Uh, I was up and waiting to hear uh, hear your voice early this morning. Well, so. it's uh, it's about 90% there. I'm not normally bothered by allergies, but, boy, the oak pollen has been something this year, and I know half a dozen people that say the same thing. This stuff usually doesn't affect me at all, but uh, at least I feel good. It's just, um, you know, playing a little havoc with them. Total, total voice, So, uh, but I'm here and happy to be here. Well, it's uh, we, we've got all kinds of stuff over here, too. I bet you have. All kinds. <laughs> but uh, I'm, I'm, I have a couple of questions. I started some uh, new plumerias, and I've talked to you about them in the past. But, right. Uh, they're about... Uh, in the smaller containers, they're probably averaging maybe six inches tall or so. And I've not pulled them out to look at the roots mm-hmm. or what's happened over winter. Um, there aren't any leaves starting, as I can see, uh, or barely. What do I do right now? And do you think they're alive? They're they're green. The And the stems are firm? Yes. Uh-huh. Just yeah. just be patient and don't do anything. Are these ones you started from seed or from cuttings? From cuttings. Yep. Uh, you're, you know, keep them on those propagating mats, Faye, and uh, they're just slow coming out. I've got one grower that probably has 500 of them in pots that I look at weekly, and they're exactly like yours, those little where the leaves come right at the top of the cutting. There's just nothing there. I mean, the weather is... This is continues to be an unusual year with another cool down coming. Uh, I think the plumerias, like everything else, are just going to be a little behind schedule. But um, as long as that big stem feels firm to the touch, it's on its way to you know turning into a healthy young plant. But they're just slow to do it. They they just basically shut down over what passes for winter here and don't really start up until it is quite warm. That's why I think that propagating mat is important to keep that soil warm uh, to stimulate whatever root growth there is. But I'm not at all surprised by it. I wouldn't be concerned by it. I'd just uh, be patient. I'm sure you have plenty of other things to worry about. For sure. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So what are those roots like? Do they have a large root or small always? It's underground what's going on. Well, compared to, oh gosh, what has really big roots? Compared to a a Strelitzi, a true bird of paradise, compared to Pride of Barbados, the roots are much smaller, but they're not nearly as fine as, say, a tomato root or a pepper root. They're just a moderate-sized root for a tropical plant, but... uh, 
Oh, the diameter of, I guess, uh, a pencil lead, uh, a big pencil lead, an old wooden pencil. Oh, okay. Maybe, um, maybe a um, little, maybe an eighth of an inch in diameter. Well, I'll, I'm just I'll thinking. Back. <laughs> I, I, I've been doing lots of building. I'm thinking about drill bit sizes, and I would say, yeah, somewhere uh, between an eighth of an inch and three sixteenths of an inch. That's about. Uh, that'd be about the size I'd expect the roost to be on there. And and how big? Uh, if you're if you're making some holes in pots, um, speaking of uh, the drill bits, what size usually? Do you make well? I'm using, of course, a masonry bit because that that just does a much better job. I'm, you know, I, I'm going to use probably about a three eighth inch bit. And okay. if it is a really hard, are you using just ordinary terracotta pots or are these glazed pots? Oh, uh, some of some of each. Okay, the terracotta pot I will just drill directly. Uh, glazed pottery, a lot of our good Vietnamese and Chinese pottery these days is so hard that I'm going to start with a pilot hole with a little, uh, probably three sixteenths inch masonry bit that will go through it. And then I'm going to enlarge that with my, you know, three eighths inch uh, bit or something like that. Cause you can sit there. I mean, that, that bit will glow red hot trying to grow through some of the uh, some of this Asian pottery is so well made and so hard fired it is hard to drill and I tend to do use a very small bit that I can drill a pilot hole with and then go back uh, with a little bit bigger bit to enlarge those holes where they need to be well I'm glad you mentioned that because uh, you don't want to ruin it by trying to do too much too soon it sounds well like you'll just freight there. yourself I've sat there before I figured out a better way and and literally it would take 15, 20 minutes to drill one hole, and uh, that's that's a little hard on the drill bit and also the hand holding it. Sure, <laughs> for sure. Um, well, I'm uh, wanting to do a better rotation uh, or a, additional planting for my my uh, vegetable plants, mm-hmm. and I was just going to ask you, like on beans and and I guess corn is kind of a early and but you, any of these things that I would add to to keep. To keep the um, uh, produce coming in longer and more often, do you have any thoughts on that for me? Well, it just depends on what you like. Corn takes a heck of a lot of space for very little production, and also it's what else you can find. If you have a good farmer's market where you can get good, fresh, sweet corn, I wouldn't I wouldn't bother growing it. Corn is a lot of work fighting the raccoons, and for the number of ears you get, it is the most space inefficient thing you can put in the garden but if you absolutely love sweet corn if you enjoy and by the way if you're freezing uh corn the blanching process is much much longer on corn than it is on much other things because you really have to break down that enzyme that converts uh the starch to sugar but uh i, I just go with what Faye likes i mean uh there are so many different kinds of beans it might be fun to grow something different uh, if you don't grow black-eyed peas, put those in the mix. There's just nothing. I think it improves your year's luck to eat your own black-eyed peas on New Year's Day. And uh, that's another fun thing to add. Um, you could, uh, you know, maybe grow some of the different sweet potatoes if you want something a little different and unusual. There are a few leafy greens, like some of the chards that I've carried through the summer very successfully. So I just look at what Faye likes to eat and uh, see if there may be some additional varieties that you could plant there. Eggplant is another one that uh, a lot of people overlook. And boy, he's Shabon and some of the some of the Japanese eggplants are absolutely spectacular in the garden. So 
Um, I, it, it's pretty much what you would like to see on the table. Just any and all. Well, that the, that that's really helpful this morning. I'm trying to be sure and get everything in that I can. And uh, the, the, the time involved is uh, some, you know, just to space it out and make sure we don't run out of good fresh things. Well, that's Appreciate the, you going over that. Well, that's the best thing on earth, and uh, and just the things that you can't find good quality. I mean, you can't find a decent tomato in the grocery store, so I'm always grow tomatoes. On the other hand, um, you can buy some pretty darn good apples in the grocery store, so I don't have an apple tree. So uh, kind of look at what you have good access to get organic produce otherwise, and the things that you simply can't find, grow them yourself. The things that don't ship well, that are too soft to ship, like good strawberries and things like that, maybe set aside a little patch to grow some uh, sequoias or one of these strawberries that's just so soft and uh, delicious that uh, – uh, it can't be shipped, and you'll never see it in the grocery stores. Grow some figs. You rarely see decent fig in the grocery store because they don't ship. So um, that that's kind of thing I look at when I'm thinking of what else do I want to plant. Oh, thanks, Bob. That's that helped my whole summer. Well, I, it, let's take let's take it one weekend at a time. You get out and have a great day, and uh, I'll look forward to your next visit, Faye. Thank you, thank you, Bob. You're sure welcome. Thank Bye. you. Bye for now. Bye.